Hello and welcome to the second episode of Dotted Bridges, a podcast exploring our evolving perspectives about life, culture, and everything else in between. I am your host, Fola Shade Anuzie. On this episode, we are discussing culture, spirituality, traditional African religion, and the importance of reframing narratives about the African continent. My guest is Oluwo Olawole Olakunle. He is a young Ifa priest, tech enthusiast, and global change maker, using the knowledge of Ifa and the Orishas to impact young people in society positively. MKO, as he is fondly called, is the CEO of the Ifa Priest and Executive Director of the Ifa Priest School of Ifa and Orisha Studies, a non-profit organization committed to the promotion of African culture. In his soon-to-be-published book, Ifa, Afrofuturism and Tech, he argues that intergenerational dialogue is needed to sustain indigenous science and advance society. He is also the host of Africa's first Afrofuturist podcast, The Ifa Priest, a podcast focused on correcting the negative stereotypes about African spirituality. Hello, Oluo. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much uh, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here. I was asking before we came on that, what would you prefer that I call you? And you said I should call you. <laughs> what, did you say? what did you say I should call you? Please explain. Call me Oluwo Olawole. So I should call you Oluwo Olawole Olakunle. Yes. But that's a mouthful. So I'm going to be saying all of that while we're talking. So can I just, what short, short form can be what? Oluwo. And you said that you had been given a title? Uh, well, um, I've been installed as the first Arab of Iladuan in Ogba Island in Lagos here by the Semikon family of Oba Mubadelo Yekon, uh, the second. So, um, proceedings are on the way for me to complete the necessary right to be installed as the Arab. But then the necessary things have been done and the documentations have been even signed. Up. But in the interim, you can still refer to me as Olu. There's no, there's no. There's no <laughs> First of all, congratulations. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Um, so once you now become that Araba, right? Is it, what's it called? Araba. So how would you now be addressed? Yeah, I'll be addressed now as Araba. Currently, I'm being addressed as Araba by indigenous of Ilado. Literally translates to the fact that I am the spiritual head of Iladuan in Ogbe Highland. Well, in the meantime, I'm I'm happy to call you Oluwo. <laughs> when next we see, you'll be Araba. I, I, it's okay. Okay, cool. So I'm really happy to speak to you because this is a conversation that has been on my mind since maybe I've been a teenager. I don't know. Obviously, I won't say child because I feel like even though as a child you're curious, it's when you get older that some ideas and questions become formed in your mind. So you are an Ifa priest. But before you became an Ifa priest, you were your background is you were part of the Deeper Life Church. So can you explain how that <laughs> transition happened and what it was like growing up in your family, just briefly? It's unfortunate that I I have to go through all of this all the time. Why do you think it's unfortunate? Well, uh, <laughs> well, fortunate it is. Let me say it is fortunate. My story is quite uh, interesting, considering that I I was giving back to into a Christian background and uh, deeper life as such. And, you know, the kind of transition I have to do, it is beyond the physical transition. That's the mental shift from a process of information. Information 
processes that have been going on for years that I had to first of all I had to first of all erode myself of the quality of uh, information that have been passed through to me from my parents, from my society, from my friends, from the society at large, from my immediate community. Along the line, I had to begin to search for God and search for myself within the confines of my environment. And I discovered that God is not as such far away from me. God is not in Israel. God is here with me. God is in my heart. And I discovered God through the lens of uh, my immediate society, which is African spiritual system, which is so to say Ifa. And along the line, I discovered that I was even ordained to become a priest. And it's, it's a calling that I've had for... It's part of my destiny to, to lead people, to be able to help people solve problems, society solve problems, to be able to be a chat, uh, to be able to lead a chat and be able to help young people to uh, grow in the journey of self-discovery as regards to African spirituality. At some point, I, you know, because my mother was a teacher and my mother had a school, go and read, go and read, go and read. At some point, I started, you know, picking interest in literary works, started picking interest in Pan-African, you know, books and all that. So, I started reading about Kwame Nkrumah, I started reading about Walt Rodney, I started reading, I read Dan Brown, I read so many books. While I was very young, my, my GSS, probably GSS 1, I had access to all of these books. My mother studied mathematics, so for you to know how <laughs> how strict she, she is That's with, amazing. with books, you know. And my, my my father studied literature, so they they had two majors in different, you know, in different <laughs> courses as well. So you were you were destined you were destined to be an academic child. Obviously, I was. In fact, I was born in the classroom. That was what I, I I was told by my mother. I was born in the classroom. She was a principal of our own school, and she taught. She's still teaching. She still teaches today. So um, it happened that as time goes by, I begin to question. Books opened my mind to certain realities and certain things that my my environment wouldn't even present to me. So it led me to start asking questions. I started asking, "Who is God?" You know, that led me into critically studying the Bible. And in the in the process of studying the Bible, I begin to come across different fallacious facts. You know, we cannot call them fact because it is it is um, not something that. Um, um, how will I put it now? The, some of the things that I've read in the Bible feels contradictory and it led me to start asking more questions. And then that was why I stumbled upon so many books about African spirituality. It was then that I knew that we come. There is a spirituality that is even defined by ourselves. At some point, we had to leave Meno to Songu and that was the first encounter I had with African spirituality. I was living in an area where you obviously could not have access to Ibabalao or anybody. Or I never knew what Ibabalao was. I never knew what what an Olorija was. It was just my routine was basically church, school, home, church, school, home, and perhaps maybe once in a while, um, friends, you know. But then when we got to Songo, we were not as caged as we, we used to be back then. In, I was in, I remember I was in GSS2 or so. Um, in 2001, my parents had a very big... Uh, Challenge. It it affected the finances of our family. It affected the my mother's school. My mother's school was almost collapsed. My mother was sick. My mother was bedridden for about six months. She was, you know, she gave birth to a premature at, at at that point in time. So a, a whole lot. It was. It just happened like a flash. And at some point, we we're okay, but six months back and six months after, we were, we were just down the drain. The money was down the drain. You know, things had already fallen apart. My father was no longer with my mother. You know, things things just didn't move the way it used to move. And it was a 180 degree turnaround. My mother had a property in Ijai, 15 acres of land. And the, they took it away from her during the time that she was sick. She had about 19 rooms. She wanted to be the big school. And all Who that. took it from her? Well, the so-called Omonilez and 
you know, the robbers and all that. It was a, it was a big gang up against her because she was a woman. She's a woman, rather. And they compensated her with two plots of land. There was no house for us to live. We were living in a rented apartment. They were told to quit. School property was taken away from us. A lot of shit happened then. And we had to move to Songo to find solace in Songo. And the little money that my mother had with her, she built, I think she, she built a two-room apartment in Songo. Then my father was no longer with us. And moving to Songo uh, gave me my first experience with meeting in Babalao. There was a Babalao in the street, not far from my house. And in fact, all the chanting and the incantations could hear because there was no fence, there was no barriers that was impeding the sounds from getting to us. We had access to all of these things. Where I but we're only hearing it, you know. <laughs> you know, I was I was uh, entrapped by the beauty of what is happening. You know, as against what I've learned, as against what my parents have told us about people who are ritualists and all whatnot. These are good people. These are, you know, we knew ourselves in the society to the extent that. The society knew that the children of the owls were children who would never tell a lie. And if within our set, if there's, a, if there's anything that is wrong and that we needed people to as witness, as long as any of the Babalao's children stood as witness, it is, there's, there's an original verdict that it, it has to be true. And for crying out loud, I was in deeper life and people didn't believe if I said the truth. Even my parents might not believe. And then people, the community at large, believed a child from a priest for saying the truth or so and uh, it showed that one way or the other there's social values embedded in the culture the social values embedded in the spirituality and I was interested they, obviously they used to bring food to us which my parents reject almost all the time and they know that's the funny part they know that we were throwing the food away but they will still bring another day so ah, we were saying love your neighbor as yourself in the church but then we didn't love our neighbor our neighbor gave us food. We couldn't eat the food. And they loved us as themselves because they were wishing us, they wanted us to eat. They, wanted us, they, were, they were concerned about our health. They wanted us to, they were sharing what they had with us, which, which is basically some of the things that we, we were supposed to be learning in the church. And then we were, the practical aspect of what we were learning in the church was being, you know, uh, done by the, the, the traditionalists. You know, it, got, it got me interested in getting to know whom these people were. And as much as I tried to know them, my mother was always my embargo. She didn't allow any of us. There was strict uh, instructions not to eat from them, not to drink from them, not to mix with them, not to relate with them. And but you know, life, life happens whichever we want it. And then it happened that I had to start coming to Alakuko for schooling. Coming to Alakuko again, I met. I had the opportunity of seeing the Babalao's environment, ah, the Babalao's temple around me. Ah, I was taking Mulwe from Songwater to Alakuko. So I started lying to my parents, obviously. My permission, my apologies for that, though. I lying to my parents that we were doing lectures. I developed interest in it. So first of all, nobody preached Ifa to me. Nobody told me. It was not as if I was faced with a big challenge or something. No, no, no. Because I was enthusiastic to get to know myself, to get to understand God within the prism of my own society, my inquisitiveness led me to discovering the beauty of life according to my own spirituality. Do you think that you wouldn't have become an Ifa priest if your family didn't go through that challenge and you and you didn't have to move to... Well, well I feel that there is there is a way nature works and there's a way um, being a priest now, there's so many things I have, I now understand. I, I now understand life differently and I understand that there's a way nature works and nature works in favor of some people and nature works against some people 
And then the way nature works, the way nature arranges events and circumstances in line with the end game. So I, I believe that nature intentionally uh, worked in that for me to be able to actualize my destiny because it's my destiny to become a priest. It's my destiny to put on the light for other destinies, actually. Okay, that's that's really amazing, nature. <laughs> well, so why is nature working against some people and is working for some people? Uh, permit me to recite a verse of Ifa. Ifa ni etutululaye ayo lorokon etutululaye omoya ayo lorokon. We well, first of all, people don't understand that nature is an embodiment of all the energies of all the energies of the Vishas, all the energies of everything, every matter has an energy deposit. So nature is not just a particular matter. Nature is the embodiment of all the matters of life. And it is in relationship with the matters of life that you begin to understand what life has in stock for you. So uh, nature really does not uh, do bad for you or do good. Nature gives back to you what you deserve or what you give to it. It is obviously like garbage in, garbage out. So if you... If you deserve, if you deserve death, nature will give death to you. If you deserve to be sacked at work, nature would obviously make sure it finds a way for you to be sacked. So, and if you deserve promotion, no matter how people try as much as possible to pull you down, nature nature has a way. And the funny thing is that nature is not time conscious. So, whether you are not promoted this year or next year, nature will obviously find a way to ensure that you get promoted, irrespective of the time. So, nature rewards you for what you do whether good or bad, you know, it is it is a reflection of our own self. I love that. That's great. Now, when you, after you've aligned to your parents and you started exploring more about Ifa and the Orishas, which I'm going to get to, like, what does that mean, Ifa and Orishas? Because some people listening may not know what Ifa is and what, who the Orishas are. How did you now say, okay, I'm making the decision to no longer be a Christian and I'm now going to become an Ifa priest? And how did your parents receive that information? Well, um, first of all, I didn't study Ifa because I wanted to be a priest. I detest being a priest. Because, fine, I was studying and I saw the priest. They were dirty. They were some sex to some extent. My apologies. Um, some of them were dirty. Some of them were, you know, more or less like societal rejects. But then the knowledge embedded in them is quite unique. These people do not directly represent the kind of knowledge they carry, the kind of energy they carry, the kind of fire in them. And as such, I didn't want to be a priest. I mean, if I want Jeju, if I how would I be going to the market to buy a yearly idea and all that? Is that, you know, I studied electrical engineering in Yaba College of Technology. Yaba College of Technology, I studied electrical engineering. And my, I had wanted to be a petroleum engineer, petroleum engineer. But because of my O-levels, I my my O-level combination didn't meet up with the course I wanted to study. So I was picked to study geology then. But I, I couldn't make up after the screening exercise, so I, was, I had to come back home. And thereafter, I got admission into electrical engineering in Yaba College of Technology. So what I'm saying basically is that I never really had interest in becoming a priest. So I was studying Ifa because I was inquisitive. It's interesting. You know, I found I found solace in the temple. You know, the moment I get into the temple, I don't I don't seem to realize that I have any problem. I don't seem to realize whether I'm, whether I'm running late, that whether I'm, I have to go home, I'm running late, my parents will talk, they might be worried. I don't care about anything. I just found peace. And the definition of that peace is something that I cannot even define up to date. It's just there. It is more or less like I am finding a, a, the real version of myself going to the temple. And I'm learning sacred words. I'm learning things that are, you know, that, that are interesting. So as such, I, 
I didn't have that intent of becoming a priest. So at first I was hiding. I didn't want people to know. I couldn't put on the bracelet. I couldn't put on any artifacts or any materials that would, that would sell me out to... But then some people began to know in the society because I was not studying in my community. So I used school as a disguise. You know, after class, I go to the temple, stay there till late in the night. And at some point, the Babala was there, they were knowing because they were... Ah, they were there, there are some things that I say and they're like, ah, this is a deeper life boy. How comes? But then... I couldn't, I didn't want anybody to know what I was doing until a very fateful day. Then I finished secondary school. I was studying. I didn't know till I finished secondary school. At some point, I have to leave Alapuko. My senior secondary school was along Ijoko Road. My clarion call was to always look for a temple wherever I go to. So I look for a new temple. <laughs> so that's studying again. I think that was weird because it was not really far from my house. And that was where things started, you know, got in AYA. My, at first, my mother had a dream. She dreamt that uh, I was put on a white cloth, put like white regalia, regalia and I was put and I was holding a lion cup. And at first, she, the imagination was that I was maybe I wanted to do Yahoo or I wanted to do rituals. At that time, I I already stopped my, my the enthusiasm I had for church was was already dead. So I was just going to church to make all things be equal, you know. So, <laughs> you know, I was not the interest was no longer there before I was. While I was in, you know, Deepa Life has a structure. We have a children's church, we have a youth church, we have a campus church, we have a... So you can be a pastor from my... my, my our third born is currently a pastor in Deepa Life. So I was a pastor in the children's church. I was a pastor in the, you know, in the teenage... I was an evangelist. I was evangelizing. If I come to your house and evangelize Christ to you, you don't have a choice. You have to give your life to Christ. Like, now, 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 now. That was how I was bo- really, really burning for Christ. But then the church noticed that ah, this driver's... The drive is no longer there. They felt like, well, maybe it was bad guns, maybe it was peer prayer. And then when my, when, when my mother came around to discuss with the church the things that she was saying, the hope because we we moved from Deeper Life English. Deeper Life has language district. We have Deeper Life Yoruba, Deeper Life English. So we moved away from Deeper Life English to Deeper Life Yoruba. My mother did that solely because of me, because in Deeper Life Yoruba, there was a kind of revival. They pray more. The that kind of prayer. So my mother wanted my my mother was already seeing that she come. This boy wants to turn to something else. So let me let's move. The English church was really was really cool. Tutu. Father Lord. <laughs> so she didn't. She think she she knew that Father Lord could not help my situation again. So she wanted something hot, something <laughs> like fire, fire. So we moved to the Yoruba. The people of Yoruba. We're not far from our house, and they started the revival on me. The district, district coordinator and the pastor, they all came together. They picked up a date that they were going to pray for me. Aside from that, they picked up a date that they were going to do, um, how would I put it now? They were talking to me like a, like a talk. They were questioning me, the kind of friends I had at school. You know, I, I was a smart Like kid. an intervention or some type of thing. Yes, I, I, was, I was a smart kid, so... I, I knew my way all around all of those questions. I knew how to maneuver. They knew I was maneuvering them, but then they, they, there was no thing to prove yeah. that. So my mother started monitoring me. My The first court was when I was writing my work. So I was writing my work. During the period I would finish exam, go to the temple. There was a temple in Gasland I was going to. I would go to the temple. The way my mother was monitoring my movement. She was monitoring some of the things I was doing. And then she discovered. That was the greatest one of the the first time she was really disappointed in me. She was my my father really didn't really 
you know, my, it was not really, you know, picky about all those, also such things. It was like, as long as he lives his life, the man didn't really have a problem. But then my mother, ha, hell broke loose. Oh, hmm. I was just communicated. Wait, did, wait, did she see you? Did she see you going in there? So, uh, people told her. People told her that. monitoring me and then she saw me. She she came to the temple, told them not to welcome to the temple. What Blah, 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 blah. She, caused, she wanted to cause chaos, but she was afraid that they were, they were going to do something. So that, that curbed the fear. Didn't really let her enter the temple to do anything. But she, she then, ah, at first, now beating you. But then at some point after the beating, she felt like, ah, this boy is already... So she was scared. She was afraid of me. She told my, we're five boys. She told my brothers, they should not hit from me. They should not take anything from me. She not. So I was excommunicated from my family. I was the firstborn. I could not give my brother ordinary sweets. <laughs> he see my eyes could, wide open. It could be poisoned. You know, so there were, there was strict mayors. I was excommunicated from, I was disowned, basically. My mother disowned me outrightly. Say, I'm not your mother. I don't know you. I don't care. However, even after the disowning, you know, mother's love is always obviously still there. I didn't get that mission for five years. So those times were times for me to really just study. So I was just studying if I, I don't at some point, at that point, I really didn't care any longer. I I wanted to know this thing. I was interested in it. People have done your worst, you have disowned me. And if I house, it's always there's always a room for you to sleep. There's always a food for you to eat. So the shelter, there's always so I didn't have a problem. I was Eating falafulu. So you couldn't uh, even you couldn't even go home. Ah, wow. Because not like I was banned from coming home. Body language was clear. You go home. Nobody they are scared to give you food. They are scared to use the plate that you have used. At that point in time, I was no longer afraid. I was using my necklace. I was using my regalia. I was I made me too alone because of this. <laughs> so you talk to your younger ones, and they are mindful of the way they respond to you. They don't. They they pick their words. And the words you say, they look at it, they, they are mentally storing the words so that they can redownload it for my mother. So it was, it was less like, uh, no, I couldn't survive here. So that gave me time to study. That was one of the reasons why I, I could really say I literally sponsored my education. Fine, my, mother, my parents were forthcoming, they understood the value of education, but then it really broke that relationship and there's so many things I couldn't really ask from them. So, so at some point, it, it was really a good thing for me because it, it taught me to stand on my own and stand on my feet from a very young age. At any point in time, did you struggle with your... Because I know, I know that you said that your love or passion for the church began to wane, right? But when your mother said she was disowning you, did at any point in time you say, maybe if I go back to church, she would love me again or not want... That, I, that never I crossed your mind. Care. At that point, I was... I was I was really a tough boy. I was really stubborn. So I was the black sheep of the family. So at that point, there was no going back. You have the worst you have sold me. What, what else am I doing again? So uh, there was no stopping. And how are things with your mom now? Ah, it's my party now. Ah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's my party. You know, you, you just have to be successful in what you do and then people will come back. People will come around, you know. Truthfully, as it is today, we are. It is only my the pastor one that's not been initiated into Ifa. I've initiated every member of my family, except my mother, and my father. Who, and it is my mother that would, that didn't really allow my father to. My father was interested. I I came to know that my great grandfather was a great priest in Ondoste, and you know, so many many things that we didn't know. We, we were not till till about say four or five years ago. I didn't know Jack. I didn't know nobody of my family members. Because the the notion that there are witches and wizards, the altars in our father's house and all that, 
you know so many things happened really that really gave them the thought process to say that they were witches in our father's house i didn't know my grandmother i didn't i could i didn't see my grandmother until she died so many things because of the stereotypes as that has been accrued to african spirituality yeah but yeah. then i thank god i was able to i was able to i think it is, it is just ifa and god you know god that that really yeah so you you are a, you, are, you have a, you are a cold child you are a, it's your destiny it's your destiny actually, yeah. because i cannot really explain the rationale behind the journey Yeah. I mean, like you said your father, your your grandfather, you just found out that he was a Ifa priest. So definitely that that's that well that's such a phenomenal story. Like that and that's just your background. Oh my god. <laughs> We're like 30 minutes in. But um what does initiation entail? Like you said you, you had initiated your family besides your mom and your dad. What does yeah, that when mean? I, when I mean initiation, it means that we've done certain rites that gives us that allows us to be able to relate with your Isha so if I, more or less like saying baptism baptism so with baptism you are you are making your body according to the christians you are making your body the temple for the holy spirit to come upon so with initiation into ifa there are certain rites that are done for you that gives you credence that gives you that allows the flow of the energies to flow through you because obviously you cannot just flow through you without you agreeing to be part of it So you asked earlier about Ifa and Orisha. Yes, can you explain what yeah, Ifa like the hand of man. There are different means to solve life problems according to how Ifa has taught us. And we have Ebo, the sacrifice. And we have Adimu, which is going directly to a particular source where the problem can be solved. The way our spiritual pantheon is organized, we have ministers who Uludumari has embedded in certain uh, energies, certain powers to help solve certain problems. So say, for instance, we have a Minister of Agriculture, which is Ogun. Ogun is the first Minister of Agriculture. Ogun is the fa- first farmer on like Beakoko. That same portfolio goes to Ogun too, when it comes to war. So Ogun, Nibalo, Ogun, there is no Orisha, no matter how powerful that Orisha is, that will go to war without first getting um, outright permission from Ogun before going to war. So, um, Basically what it means is that there are diverse solutions and there are each orishas a particular orishas anything has a peculiar role to play in ensuring that mankind is is at, is at peace with itself and the man uh, the society is is in order and that nature is life is going smoothly and order so um we have ori which yoruba says ori ori which is the leader of all orishas and we have orishas so in the orishas we have orisha obatala we have oshun we have name all the orishas and we have egun egun is the orisha and then we have ifa so ifa is a uh, ifa basically is the knowledge portal through which the life is organized ifa ni mo ta fi gbe ile ayero imonifa because you go but see mo agbara useless so if i ni mo to ma direct gbo awon orisha to ni agbara pe be se ma lo agbara re la boja bai ni ko lo ba problem to need bai to ni yi o la boja bai solution e wa to translate for those who don't understand yoruba ifa is knowledge and he's the one that gives th- so it's like you said it doesn't make any sense to have gifts but not know how to use them so ifa gives you the knowledge to know how to use and solve problems for other people because ifa is ifa is um representing god No, I mean, so Olodumare is the head yes. and then the servants are the uh, no, we, don't, we don't have servants in our own ritual 
pandium. We have ministers, people who ministers. work for God. And then, who, well, they might take their own charges, they might take their own what have you. Ogun can say, before I can go and do this work for you, I need, I need the cockerel. And it does not mean that Ogun will not do uh, that for you. So every, for everything that man needs on the face of the heart, God has assigned a particular energy to solve that problem. So what God really is basically needs from us is thanks and praise and worship, basically. He told you to my friend, it's just for us to worship him. So every other thing has been designed, has been dedicated to a particular energy. It's left for you to now design, to, to now figure out which energy is required for me to solve this particular problem. And unfortunately, too, it is not basically just to solve problems. Which energy is required for me to be able to do certain things or to be able to do that or do this? So um, if I is to us, if I is Olodumari, it is the voice of Olodumari, because we cannot see Olodumari. So, but then the Rishas, we can, we can, we can also not see them too. But then we have access points. So, the what we call Rishas in our various shrines, they are just access points. Because if Odisha is Ogun, how can you have Ogun and now have Ogun and now have Ogun? Anybody have Ogun? Ogun is not <laughs> one million. Ogun is Ogun. So we have access points of Ogun in our temples. We have, so if somebody says he goes to the Babalao house and he has scattered the shrine, he has killed the Odisha there, you cannot kill Odisha. You have just scattered the access point. You have just distorted the access point. Although it has its own repercussions too, but then it does not mean that you have uh, disguised or distorted the Ulisha. So if our knowledge is utilized to, in order to ensure that we know what is right, what is to be done, how it is to be done, it is, it is the word of God that directs us, that, stands, that gives us direction, that protects us, that helps provide for us through the competent knowledge that we need in carrying out some of the things that we want to carry out. So, All right. Now, I watched one of your videos in passing about, you talked about issue. And for those listening, issue is, the translation is the devil or Satan. And in the video, you mentioned that we have that wrong. Issue is not devil or Satan in according to Olodumare. So can you explain what why why we have that wrong? Well not like I'm not like I'm making doing advertorials on your program, but then the my brand, the Ifa Priest, it's our theme of the month is issue is not Satan. Yeah, please no go ahead. I mean you're talking about your the work that you do, so go ahead. So uh issue is not Satan. We do not have Satan in the framework of our own spiritual pantheon. I feel, I, I'm not sure to say it outrightly that it's intentional sabotage, but then I feel that it is a Jai crowd that who misinterpreted or who misrepresented issue in the translation of the Bible and, and thus it should become Satan to the Christians. Obviously, as the Christians were trying to, to interpret the Bible into Yoruba language, they had to find a way of translating Jorishas. For instance, in the Bible, John is Joannu. Jesus is Jesus. How come Satan is not Satani or Satanu? How come Satan is a shoot? That brings us to, to say that. And because, because I'm not there when Jerry Crowder wrote it and I'm not there, to, um, I, I was not with those who actually gave me the contract. I feel that it is, personally, I feel it is intentional. But then I cannot say it's intentional because it's not a fact. And he explained who Ajayi Crowder is for people who don't know who that is. Ajayi Crowder was one who interpreted the, who translated the, the English Bible to Yoruba version. And that was the first recorded event where issue was referred to as Satan. We don't have Satan in our spiritual pantheon. We have, obviously, I know that uh, what the Bible is trying to say is that as much as there are good, there are angels, there are demons too. Yes, 
polarity is the base of life. If I go say that a jejini mo be mo bend the that is I support both. I support two. So I don't support one. I support both the positive and the negative. Life is equated on the balance of both the positive and the negative energy as, as enshrined or as taught by Ifa. So if there are good Odishas, obviously there are also bad uh, Odishas. So what do we call those ones? We call them Ajogun. We don't call them Odishas. Ajogun. Yes, we call them Ajogun. We call them Ajogun Ibi. We don't say Ibi because we are so conscious of negativity that we say that that is we we are so much trained ourselves not to exhibit negativity so instead of us to say ibi we go ahead to say ajogun or we go ahead to say ifakumbo we look for pseudo words or alternative words to that that directly relates to ibi because we don't want to say bad things are you with me so we have a fun and a d those are, those are bad people yes those are bad energies we have in the polarity, in the hierarchy of polarities, the greatest positive energy is Aiku, life. So if there is Ire, if you go for a, if I in a divination, and if I say Ire, the greatest Ire is the Ire of life, the blessing of life. Whether be it in plants, be it in animal, be it in human, in any ramification you want to, you want to talk about, the greatest gift in life is life. So what is the opposite of life? Death. Death. So the greatest negativity is to Isiku, Aiku, awalaye, awalaye. That's Aiku. And the greatest is Iku. Moving down the ladder, you can have uh, Alafiara. The positive of Alafiara is Aru. And so on and so forth. So for every positive. So, uh, so Alafiara, so you have to make sure you explain it. So Alafiara is, Alafiara is good, good health, health. And then the Aru is sickness. Of, yeah, the opposite of good health is sickness, which is Aru. Can I just say I'm proud of my Yoruba translation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funny how my brain is just clicking. I already said, yeah, if I know that that was what I wanted to say, oh! I would have said no. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> so okay. uh, basically, there are concrete interpretation mechanisms. And fine. Our spirituality talks a lot, hints upon polarity. So if there is Iku, down the ladder there is Iku, there is Anu, there is Ofu. There What's is Ofu? Uh, yes, Ofu is wastage, waste of life, waste of property. Maybe there's a fire outbreak and all of a sudden properties worth billions. Just, so that's Ofu. There is Anuwo, there is Efu. And these are all the negative polarities. There is, a, there is yeah. AD. So Efu and AD, even if you are to interpret Satan, to Yoruba in our own cosmology, you can you can use F1 AD because fine, they have they they are the one who have come to to uh force you, influence you negatively in, in the in the process or in the with the intent to kill, to steal and to destroy, as 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 recorded by the Bible. F1 comes to you and tell you that ah, go and rape your daughter. And then the, you don't understand what comes to you until you do it and the F1 leaves you. And then you, ah, how come? Am I, am I, am I the F1 will talk to you, they will force it. All of my AKD me. God, let me do what is negative. So you realize that that is how, the, how Satan, according to the Bible, that's how Satan operates. Comes to you, suits you with good words, entices you, forces you, either through force or either through means of persuasion to do things that you that are wrong, that you naturally know do and then once you have done it you it leaves you to your fate to feel the wrath of of god okay so that those are the things that make up the negative polarities polarities of our own spirituality so you yeah. cannot say that issue what is issue in our own spirituality issue is all i lu issue all i lu only body or coin 
ashe kamase o ba elekun ni bi elekun tin gbe nsunkun elekun sunkun la royin sun eje o bo oni mini bi to ni mi ti gbe nsumi oni mi nsumi la royin sunfun isodara ko ni ton ta loja nitori ariwo oja lo se lo so it shows that this is an orisha who is much more concerned about you than himself o be elekun sunkun je that is he grieves more than they are grieved so he grieves more than you that you are grieving if, if you feel that uh, he feels your pain much more than you so he's a messenger who carry out the shelf of Olodumare. So one of the things is one of the most is one of the closest, in fact, if not the closest, which are to Olodumare. Because he carries out the duties, is impenetrable, is incorruptible, is truthful, is is yes, this is yes. He will not tell you yes today and tell you no tomorrow. He does not reject job offers. If you say you if you come to him with your problem, he find every means possible. So he goes forth and back to in order to ensure that the things that the messages that you things that you need are being carried out. So he, he puts a share into our thoughts. He puts a share into our wishes. And a share is amen. A share is more like amen. Yeah. He puts he put, socially be. Yes. So he carry makes sure that some of our some of our thoughts becomes reality. So he is a messenger. He's so many things. And in Yoruba land, we call him Olaelu, the wealth of our community. Because body is the one who sees, first of all, if something positive is coming to us. He's the one who sees, first of all, if something negative is coming to us. That is, he's the repellent of negativities. He repels negativity on our behalf. There are so many things. Yeah. And one of the things that is unique about Ishu is he's not a judge. He will never judge you. So even if you have bad intent, she will just tell you, let you understand the outcome of your bad journey. And then you say, you are a messenger. Sent me to go and do this. This is it, this is it, this is it. Your judgment will be meted out to you in the right proportion. Yeah. So yeah, he does not have affiliation. And God, according to Ifa, God is sitting. God sits in the center of neutrality. Because God, the energy of God can be found in both both positivity and negativity. It is in the balance of that that you begin to attain God-like nature. You begin to, you begin to, you can, as long as you can balance positivity with negativity. And Eshu is close to that because Eshu can balance negativity and positivity. If you are doing negativity, he, he, he looks at you. And if you are doing positivity, he looks at you. There are so many people who are abusing the issue today, and that does not mean that when they get to issue tomorrow, Jehovah won't judge you. Still stand up and does not look at that. So That's how amazing. can we, how can we now say that such a wonderful Odisha is Satan? No, it is denigrate. It is derogatory. It is it is it is uncalled for. It is slander. It's malicious against the issue, and we keep telling people. And unfortunately, we we realize that it is it is those stereotypes that they use in selling some of the things that they do in Hollywood and. It is intentional. It is. It is behind. It is really, really intentional. They want to keep it that way to sell their movies. You've gone ahead. You've gone ahead. A question I have about that. But before you, before you go on with that, I want to ask about your work as a priest on a daily basis. What does that entail? What do you do I mean, besides praying? Obviously, my work as a priest is tedious. It's cumbersome. It does not really give me time to sleep. You know when I slept today, so. <laughs> So he said uh, you slept at four o'clock. Yeah, I slept around four o'clock, and I had to wake up around five to come to the program. Now, um, reason why I slept that time is because I had some people, some students, come up all the way from Ibadan to come and learn one or two things, and they were I, I couldn't leave them because they were leaving the next day. So and I was busy all through. So 
Yeah, one of the things that my work entails is divination. A priest does competent diagnosis to know what could be... It's like a doctor who diagnoses a patient to know what could be wrong and then prefer possible solutions that look like surgery to solve those problems. That's one. I wrote an article sometimes back. This title, Being an Ifa Priest in Contemporary Times, like being an Ifa Priest today. So it talks about who a priest is. as against the stereotype that the media has given. A, a priest is a paradox of knowledge. It's a solution provider. It's a scientist. It's a philosopher. Someone the government is supposed to be paying for <laughs> for affecting society positively, helping society grow. A priest is someone who understands the relationship between the cosmic and the natural and then uh, interprets the languages on the communication of the cosmic to to mere mortals and, you know, in helping them to become a better version of themselves. So as it stands, one of my work is to make make you move from whom you are to whom you are supposed to be through sacrifices, through diagnosis, through different knowledge I have about you far through the applications of those knowledge. And it's also my duty to help society grow in all ramifications, technology-wise, commerce-wise. So beyond I want to marry, I want to make money, a priest is a, a library of unfettered, untouched, untapped knowledge. That's fantastic and phenomenal. <laughs> you know, because I want to be a priest. <laughs> okay, now one you thing... You bring 60 goats. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so if I want to become a priestess, what do I have to, what do, I have to do quickly? If I want to become a priestess, can you mumalati she? Well, uh, being a priest is free of charge. Okay. It's a service to manage. So, yeah. yeah. So we don't charge for studying. Well, we feel that the, the only thing you have to pay is in service. So because you have to serve before you can lead. So in servings to your to your leader or to your teacher, you learn through the ranks and you become a priest. So my first opportunity opportunity to have much more than one tutor. I can I don't I can't number recount the number of tutors I have because by by the virtue of where I study the far, this is everywhere I get to who is the tutor, who is the next tutor? Who, and the next bus stop I meet with the next tutor and he helped me, he broadened my knowledge of Ifa. He gave me if I need a and So somebody who studied Ifa at home and somebody who travel far and wide to study Ifa, somebody is going to be much more vast than the other. So I didn't stay at a place to study. I studied far and wide. Tomorrow so the story is that knowledge is free to learn, but then eventually we have to pay 16 goods or something. <laughs> I know, I know. That's an exaggeration. Okay. Now, something that you said I thought was super fascinating that I saw in one of your videos. You said that um, you talked about people changing their names, yeah. and you said that people need to be careful doing that. Can you explain why? Can you just quickly explain why that is um, important? Spiritually, now, about if you give out to a child, according to the knowledge of Ifa, the first three days, there are certain energies around that child. There is a portal that is opened in heaven, a portal of communication. So we do, we always do ikosejaye or sentaye within those first three days because we believe. What's ikosejaye? Ikosejaye is trying to know about the child and the journey of the child as soon as it's being given back to. So we do ikosejaye because we believe that the portal is still much very open. So we can always, the questions that we ask, we can always get concrete more concrete and more uh, uh, vivid or comprehensive information about this child. We don't know this child. We want to know this child. How should we, how should we relate with this child? 
how should we treat this child? What should we give this child? What are the things we do we do not give the child? What are the things that negate the energy of this child? So we are we are more advanced as a people for us to be able to know that that bath. We know what, what works. And from a cosage too, we can decide by knowing the child, by knowing the energy embedded in the child, we can decide to say we we can know. We have a very high percentage of knowing what the child might eventually become in life. So with that, with because um, as after three days, we need the first seventeen days. We use we have egg bell on always with the child. Some of, and they go back to heaven little by little. They don't all go back at once. And egg bell egg bell on meat. Yeah, they have come to that that journeyed with the child while it was coming to this world. They were the ones feeding the child. They were the ones ensuring that the child was in good health in the mother. And they were the one, you know, communicating with the child, you know, so that the child doesn't even understand that it's on the particular journey. So it's also food. So within those first days, you, you observe normally a baby's, a baby's tendency of crying begins to increase from the 17th day upward. Because after the 17th day, the baby is left alone in this world. There's nobody around the baby. Are you with me? And the cosage that we have done tells us about the baby, tells us about the Risha, and then we got to know a name. So the moment we give that child a name, it is recorded in heaven that this is the name of this child. And our fathers do not give, in this part of the world, we don't give names without meaning. In fact, we have family names. We want have our own name. Our family names are used to tell us our background and our pedigree. We have, have Ogunbe Miro. Nobody needs to tell you that an Ogunbe Miro is from an Ogun lineage so that he will not lose his own lineage along the line. So it's Ogunbe Miro. And, for instance, there is Alabi, Alabi or Moti Alabi, Allah is resonates with Orisha or Batala. So this child is is the energy of Batala. And the moment you call him Alabi, you have already stored our information there that this child who is Batala's daughter or Batala's child. Like you, you are Batala's daughter. The moment I saw you, I know you are Batala's daughter. Me? me? Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Wait, my name is Paula Shade now. It's not that the, well, the, they might not be able to. Yeah, you have a day, but Allah owns a day. But Allah owns a day? Yes. Fala, oh, Paula Shade. So, um. That is the moment you saw me? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. The priest, and this is the black that you're wearing, it negates your energy basically. So, well, that is not what Oh my God. Wearing. Do you know that someone told me that? Oh my God. <laughs> that, Please continue, that's continue, not continue. Where we are so, um, basically. As an alabi, I'm using an alabi as a, as a reference point. Allah. Allah. Nyoruba represents white. Obatala is your of purity. Omoti alabi, omoti purity be. Are you with me? So, Obatala has taboos. So, which means that the, by, the, by virtue of understanding that name, you already understand the taboos of that child in, in Yoruba land. It is no longer today, the Yoruba land of today. Before, by virtue of your name, if you go to a friend's house, there are some things they will not even give you. Because they don't want to if they don't want to give you things that are allegorical to your body system. There are there are I say allegorical, there are there are that are allergic to your system. So but unfortunately we don't know. And we say oh, Alabi, Orisha already knows that you are my child. And yes, my energy flow through you. All of a sudden you just change your alabi to Halams. And Orisha looks like ah, what's happening? First of all, you the record that you have in heaven is altered. The guardian, because every one of us has a guardian Orisha. The guardian Orisha that's supposed to be around you begin, becomes confused. Like this is not a record. This is not registered. That's how we have rights of that we do for childbirth. 
So who knew that she? All this is a Maloruko that we do now. We just give her to a child and then you just carry the child to the church and you start giving him name on the There are certain rights to be done because the names that we bear, the names that we use, there are names accrued to certain energies. And it is in, in, the, in the journey of self-discovery, you need to understand, who am I? In understanding whom you are, the time determines the kind of name you get. So one of the things that our parents do for us before we even grow up is understanding whom we are while we're young. So, because by virtue of doing the Kosajaye for you, they know that you, the energy flowing through you is the energy of Batala. And so they call you a name that is in sync with that energy. That, that will not, that, but the moment people call you, it gives the energy free flow over your body. You become radiant in all levels of your life, in your education, in your marriage, in your, because the energy of your guardian Olisha ruminate around you, vibrate around you. You have, you are, you experience positivity all the time. So in essence, if you go and change your name, you are changing the energy and the essence around you and the you, people that are supposed to be working you with you. You are distorting the energy system, the energy flow of your body by doing that. That's it. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> and people just take name. A friend of mine gave out to a child, names him Dante. You don't know the meaning of Dante. Dante is... An artist, an Italian artist that designed, that drew the inferno, that drew the Dante's inferno, according to Dan Brown. However, you don't know because you said you, you, are, a, you, are, a, you are a ball-loving fan and you saw Dante as a good player, you want to give a child Dante. Did you know the meaning? And do you know how it resonates with your child? No. But, but can I, can, well, no, can I ask a question? <laughs> My question is, why does it seem like these peculiarities are specific to Africans. Do th Does this happen with children that are non-Africans? The, the truth of the matter is this. The truth of the matter is that every race has a spiritual system ingenious to it, designed for it. The fact that God created you to be a French means that God knows that you communicate with him. And as such, God knows that the best way for you to communicate with him is through the French way. So the fact that I was born in Africa means that God understood that every means that I would want to communicate with him can be best found in the African way. So if as an African, I want to now start communicating to God through the, the French, French way, way. It does it, not mean that I will not be able to communicate with God. It means that it cannot be perfect because it's not, it is no longer ingenious to me. It is no longer automatic. It is not manual. So if you like pray, 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 fire, die, fire, die, fire, die, fire, die. It's not ingenious to us. It's not designed for us. You understand that language is a fulcrum of life. And God split that the languages. It is in language that the culture is embedded. It is in language that spirituality is embedded. Every aeons or iota of life, all the fulcrum of life is embedded in language. Language is a fulcrum that holds our life. The way we speak, the way we talk, the way we eat, the way we marry, the way we do everything is embedded in our languages. And if as a Yoruba man, it means that everything I want to do is embedded in the Yoruba way. Will it be foolish of me to say that I'm speaking to God in the Yoruba way? No. So why will, now, why will someone now tell me that speaking to God in the Yoruba way is demonic? I just, you know why I ask that question? Because I feel like a lot of times there's a lot of responsibility that comes with being an African child that I don't see my European or non-African friends having to deal with. They have to do, they have to deal with theirs too. Because I, I don't see that though. Because the reason why you don't see that is because their own way of life is not as the same as ours. What is ingenious to them? For, for instance, they are Christians. Jesus Christ is the progenitor of the Jews, the prophet of the Jews. So if you pray to God, if you reach out to God, it means that Jesus Christ has, Jesus Christ came 
to explain to those people of that particular race how to communicate to God via that means. We showed them. So for us, Olodumare is the one that came to commune. Oh, oh, no, Olodumare is the Orumila head. Orumila is our own progenitor. progenitor. Every race has his own, his own prophet. Orumila is progenitor for the Yoruba people. For the African people. For the African people. Yes. Okay. All right. I want to go on to I want to go on to taboos. You talked about you had talked about that earlier about the fact that um, some people are not supposed to eat certain things. But what about and because it messes up the energy in their lives, and that's what the God that they came from has said that is not going to be good for them. But what are, what about if you don't know, and you're just doing you're doing your thing because you know you don't know. <laughs> Why is that fair? Because in, in the of law, is is ignorance admissible? No, no. So I think that answers the question. <laughs> it, is, it is your own interest to know. To know is to be free. So interest to know whom you are. How can you walk through the tides of life without knowing yourself? The first step to self to, to being the best of yourself in life is to know whom you are. It's in knowing whom you are that you know what works for you, what does not work for you, what is your taboo and all what not. So and the best way that to know whom you are is through if I, it is if I can tell you whom you are. If I need if I need to put my life if I look at your own. What does that mean? If I follow like Patero. Yeah, if I is the if I is the greatest historian, if I is the one that can tell the history of your great 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 generation, if I can tell, if I can divulge information that you don't even think existed about you, because if I is especially if I if I if I is the means or the voice of Olodumare that I want to hear, so it's all it's Olodumare speaking to you directly. So we have a means of communicating with God directly. Now, one thing I want to ask again, kind of going back to my point about foreigners and people that are not Africans, is that I feel like in Africa, we carry religion on our heads. And it doesn't seem like that is helping the continent. For some, actually, let me scratch that. It doesn't seem like that helps certain parts of the, some countries work well, some countries don't work well on the continent. But when you look outside the country, I know every I know that every country has its issues. I know that. But it seems like people that don't carry religion on their heads seem to thrive as a as a society. They seem to have politicians that somewhat care about their countries. Why why, why does it seem like our religion sorry are the ones that are not moving forward the way we should be moving forward? Well, um first of all you need to be able to understand that there's a very big difference between religion and spirituality. Sure. And you also agree that every race has its own peculiar spirituality that they are keeping. If you go to the UK, they have their own spirituality. They don't joke with it. There are some certain things that you cannot do in the UK. And there are certain things. Do you think it's just normal that they have anti-animal laws? Animal laws? Do you think it's just, it's just anyhow? It's just because they are good people. People that, can, people that have gone to certain wars to kill humans. And are saying that they can don't kill pigeon. Do you think it is normal? So they have their own spirituality that they will not joke with. No race. It is only the race that jokes with its own spirituality. And your spirituality is your own formula of communicating with God. It is in it is in understanding the the, the alchemy of your own spirituality that you can, you can begin to bring about inventions. That you can, you can begin to invent because inventory, inventing is bringing what is bringing what is not from bringing something out of nothing, bringing something out of the space. You are traveling out of time. You are moving ahead of time. So it is in true spirituality. It is through the conscious effort to get to understand, to communicate with the cosmic, to communicate with God more. That helps. If you look at all the scientists, look at Galileo Galilei. They were they were they were in the church. They were so they were practicing beyond forget forget the religion that they sold to us. 
beyond the Christian religion. Forget the Christian religion is a religion. A religion is a designed template for us to for us to be organized. Emphasis on organized. So organized for what have you? I don't know. Emphasis on organized. However, beyond being organized, those who organized the religion for us on, took away the spiritual part of it and kept it for themselves. So if you say that Christianity is a fake religion, you are, you are deceiving yourself. It is because we are only practicing this gospel part of it. The spiritual part of Christianity is still kept there. And it's being utilized by the UK, by the EU, whichever, whichever country that is practicing Christianity. And you realize that they are practicing it and it works for them because it is spirituality. It helps them to advance their, because of their society. You have the best scientists. They are going to space. They are doing all of these things because with time, they have a, a mechanism a defined mechanism, a spiritual mechanism that takes them beyond what is normal. Because every invention, every advancement is not normal. So it is not left for us to come back to our own spirituality, live religion. We, are, we have a problem, we are, we are, we are fasting and praying. In, in this part of the world, it's a taboo to fast. Because we believe that we, in, fact, in Yoruba land, sometimes it's bad. They still used to pray. We believe that it is, it is during war that people fast. When people, when there is no food, when people begin to need to start rationing food. So, but now, almost everybody don't get us out because everybody wants to fast. You know, can I just say that I've always never been a fan of fasting <laughs> because I like food too much. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for proving my point. <laughs> but sorry, go ahead, go ahead. So I, I'm just bringing out that path to show you that what works here may not work here. But we all have our own spirituality. Do not be deceived. Every religion, the Arabs, they understand their own spirituality. They can. They are just sending religion to us. They have their own spirituality. They took out the spirituality of out of that religion, kept it for their own use, and sold religion to us. So, because they want us to be organized in a certain way, that's why religion is there for us. Just to ask another question that's kind of tied to that, my mother feels like every politician in Nigeria, and I'm using Nigeria as ex- as an example because we are in Nigeria. She feels like every Nigerian politician who is going to be sworn into office needs to be they need to allow them swear by by gods because when you let them swear by christianity or or islam people she feels like um allah and jesus are very gracious and that the other gods um if you are a liar or you're a thief they will strike you <laughs> they will strike you down immediately First so of she all, feels there like is no, there is no i disagree with syncretism we don't do syncretism syncretism here what's syncretism yeah we don't have gods we have wishes Okay, right. Okay, so, so they should swear by the Orishas. Now, that's one. Second is that... <laughs> it's Why are you laughing? That is only... I've had that a couple of times. It's wrong for you to now say that. It's only when we want to swear in it. We know. It shows that we know as a people the potency of our Orishas. We know that what we have is potent. If you can decide to say, okay, well, let us swear by Ogun. We know that you cannot do Magumago with Ogun. So we, you, we know as a people, <laughs> if we know that we cannot do Magumago with Ogun, and then how then do we decide to leave Ogun out of the picture and use the Bible that we know we can do Magumago with? Now, don't, don't forget that I said earlier, it's not as if the Bible is not a spiritual book. The Bible is a spiritual book. But then the one we, what we are reading is the gospel part of life. So it might, it might or might not have real spiritual essence, so to say. Not that, not that there is no spiritual essence in Christianity. I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that. So as a people, in terms of leadership, we are we select the best of ourselves. So our leaders reflect the type of people that we are. That's one. Second is that, aside from the fact that our leaders represent the, what we are, it is until we rediscover ourselves first. 
if I say in Ugbe Wani, if I knew Ugbe Muleki Oto Mode, Ileni Beni Kodi Oto Beni, Ileni La Shaw, or the Deni La Wo, or the Ileta Basho, the Deta Bahu, Lumashinishi Balashi Bulu. So Ugbe Ileni Gumu, come back, go home. It is the house, it is the passage that you have not cleared, that you have not treated well, that would disgrace you. So we the first and the most important thing is to go back to God through the means that is designed for us in our own spiritual system. So through that we can begin to make researches, we can begin to discover. We need to first of all start begin to discover ourselves in, in, uh, in terms of in units. You should discover whom you are, discover who I am. And as such, we begin to after discovering who we are like, say, come. This is Ikeja. Who owns Ikeja? Who are the Onilias in Ikeja? Because we have discovered ourselves, we now understand that ah, for every part of our land, we have Onilias. Who are going to meet them? They are there. It's because we don't acknowledge them. We just go and meet them. And we begin to have a cordial relationship with them. It is in the cordial relationship with them that they will not begin to tell us. There are some land that certain things are not done on it. Some things that certain things are supposed to be done on it because we don't know we are just you are just being carefree we don't know what's happening that, that's that's i mean that's fascinating and i wish i could go on and on and on but i want to get on to some other other points because i know you, i know you have to go um but to your point about religion and spirituality a couple of days ago i came across a tweet from a lady named ayomi diti Kupo. And she said, and I quote, in Nigeria, we are compelled to choose between Christian and Islamic religious studies in primary and secondary school. No subjects on African religion. We say Christian and Muslim prayers on assembly grounds. No African prayers. Our schools are nothing but our enslavers indoctrination centers. And people res- a lot of people responded to those tweets and it was, I thought they were super insightful. One in particular to me said, Chinese, Japanese, Indians, and so on are honoring their ancestry, culture, religions, and are not cursed. Africans are the only continent that rejected everything about their ancestors. Africa's problems are a curse from our ancestors because we demonize them even in death. Because to your point about the fact that we don't know who we are, we have ignored everything about who we are as a people and what, what spirituality and religion and all these different things. So is that, is that, is that a view that you also so yeah, it's a view that I agree with. It's a view that I agree with. I wrote an article some times back. I wrote, uh, it is titled, uh, The Education That Suits Us. The Education That Suits Us. Uh, we do not have an education that suits our society. Because how can we have an education that is not, whose curriculum we are not designed by priests? Someone like me is supposed to be des- designing curriculum for the education sector. Because Education is basically a knowledge that gives you a level playing ground to advance society. So, oh yeah, come at Dafa, and we're supposed to do Dafa. What type of mathematical, what, what type of mathematics should we study in the next 10 years that will advance our country for the next 50 years? What type of economics should we practice, should we teach our children in the next 10, 20 years that will advance our economy for the next 50, 100 years? Those are things that we should be asking. But we are not asking them. Because you you see you only see a babalawa somebody who come and kill ram come and kill goat come and kill hen because somebody who is on a banana plantation and with red cloth the same way Nollywood has already painted us 
So I'm, I'm sure I'm so sure you are shocked as you have seen me this morning. I put it on shoes. Put no, it on I wasn't dresses. shocked. I, why would I be shocked? I thought I actually thought you were going to come with um with like a not obviously I knew you were going to wear something like like a regular person, but I was like, ah, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if he comes with like a cloth, like it's tied, and he comes with like you know uh what you call those things? Yeah, the yeah in my car. I just don't, <laughs> I just don't fancy. It's, in, it's my car. Uh, it's there. I have regalias to, but then the reality of the matter is that it is it is when we are, and we should not. Uh, augment Nollywood stereotype version of events. Ibabalawo can be calm, gentle. Ibabalawo is a peaceful person. And it only ye didn't know she's Ibabalawo. Some of whose qualities of logic and reasoning is of high level that can become Ibabalawo. So, as a people, I think that those stereotypes are changing and with time it will change. We are already on the verge. This, that's the reason why I'm seated here. Exactly. So, yeah. And that's one of the reasons whether you like it or not, you are part of the you are part of the journey. You have you have contributed whether no matter how big or small it is, you've contributed your quota to ensuring that the stereotypes and the misinformations are re- are corrected and are repropagated. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for that. Now I wanted to also quickly just ask about one of the th- one of the things I noticed on Nigerian Twitter. When there's an accident in Nigeria, I don't know if you may have an insight to this or yeah, not. I saw I saw a tweet where somebody was saying that it was issue it was issue that was behind the truck uh, that that fell down in Ujulegba. So is First it first of all this is misinformation because what that shrine is not issue shrine. There is Elegba. There's Elegbara. Elegba is Egun. Egun Oshuni. Elegbara is issue. And that place it is called not so you can see that even those who tweeted about it who talked about it they don't even know jack you know some this person is talking from a misinformed point of view that's one secondly is this if we say issue is olailu grieves more than they are more than they are grieved how will issue now uh kill people who is grieving for you know and we i don't know our psyche has really, really been badly damaged as a people. So we don't even know who we are as a cross. Okay. I, I appreciate that perspective. And final question before I go on to you talking about the Ifa Priest podcast is why don't we see many traditional religions, traditional religious places publicly? Because I'm sh- a lot, as you know, whenever in particular in Nigeria, if you're driving across the place, you see mosques, you see churches that are everywhere. Well, but with traditional, uh, the, 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 but with traditional places of worship, you see that it's either somewhere that's far away, you can't really. I disagree with that. Okay. When you when you talk about far away. A lot of people go to Ifa temples or shrines or for very selfish reasons. And as such, a lot of people are a lot of people come to our temples. They come under disguise of the they, they come with these guys. They don't want people to know that they are coming to the temple. So majority of people who go to temple don't even want to go to a place that is close to them. So people go to far places. There is a temple beside you. At, mention where you live. I'll tell you where the temple is around you. So Amalif is one. <laughs> Amalif is one. There's then. a temple in is one. There's a there's an infar priest. I can bet you there's an infar there's far priest in CMD. So Amalif is not far from CMD. So so, so name another one. <laughs> so basically, Banana what, Island. What I'm what I'm saying, uh, Yakba. What I'm saying in essence is that number one, our spirituality, we believe that This is your head knows. Who has the right solution to any particular problem you have? So that is why a babalao does not use aworu. We don't forcefully 
bring people to our temple. We believe that your holy will bring you any place that you are forcefully bring any place, any spiritual house that you are forcefully because the use of jazz is by force. Somebody who doesn't even have the intent of coming to your place, something, something just drag the person down to your place. It's a spiritual force that you have used. So that is why churches and all that, to me, they are not like they are no longer spiritual ground, they are now marketplaces. The only places where we force people, we force crowd to come to is the market. So the moment you now start using a jazz, using your using your to attract people to your temple, it's no longer the house of God again. Because why should you be forced to come to the house of God? So it is now a marketplace. That's why you see churches, you see millions, you see a pastor saying he wants to build a hundred thousand seater church and all that. This is because they know that they have quality jazz that they obviously come and do from us that will help them forcefully attract. You sound like my family friend, that's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> he says that all the time, but continue. So because they know that uh, they will come to us and by virtue of our own sacred oath too, if you have a problem, we have to solve it for you. So if someone should come to you for something that's bad like that, like someone someone says, oh, no, it's not bad. Okay, let's just let's just say someone someone comes to you and says, Oluwo, I want you to um, do something for me that is going to harm someone because the person has harmed me. How do you know the person is lying or telling the truth? Well, first of all, is that we don't don't mind Nollywood. Nollywood made you believe that the moment you get to your Balao house, all your enemy will die. It's only in Nollywood that you see somebody who is poor today and goes to Babalawa as the next slide is driving, driving a Lambo. That is one of the reasons why most Yahoo boys, everybody wants to go to Babalawa's house and people are not even ready for the process. Babalawa is not a magician. Babalawa does certain processes that changes the course that affect nature towards you, that direct nature towards you positively. So if you now feel that Papa, you want Papa Papa's solution, it's not Babalawa that you come to. That's one. Secondly, is that Babalaos are, are ministers of God, real ministers. I'm not talking of your year, your year, so ministers, so talking of real ministers of God. And as such, they they have extreme fear of God in their heart. Fine, they have the powers to do and undo. However, the the oath of their office will not allow them to do such things. I don't. I'm not talking of Babalari Wozu. I'm not talking of Babalaulawu. I'm not talking of those who call themselves Babalaus, but they are not Babalaus. Those who use Babalaus, use the name of Aus to defraud people and those who scams or online or what have you. I'm talking of genuine certified Ifa priests who have gone through the tenet and the trainings of Ifa. If somebody has gone through the tenets and the training of Ifa, you, the person hardly have somebody who has offended him. Because why would you offend me? People really offend me. <laughs> because I've actually gone through the tenets and the training of Ifa. The same way. So why will now now if people don't offend me, why will I now be behind the the fact that people should now start do, do people should not do something to hurt people? No, no. But I wasn't do that. I don't know of Afars or Pastor. Okay. All right. Now final question is let's talk about Ifa Priest Podcast. Can you briefly talk about what that is and how people where, where people can find it? It's an Afrofuturist podcast. In fact, if I, it's the first Afrofuturist podcast. Um it's an insightful podcast that is aimed had correcting these many, many negative stereotypes about African spirituality. So if you have listened to the podcast, you'll notice that we are breaking down the myth and the stereotypes about Ifa, Orishas, and African spirituality generally for people who do not really have the opportunity, like myself, to go to a temple. People who don't even know where a temple is, they should be able to learn 
and be able to discover, understand the, the society that they found themselves in beyond what uh, the stereotypes and the misinformation that they've been fed over time. So um, we break down the cumbersome or the very the mythology or the myth that you have upstairs, that whether Nollywood has created in your head or whether many years of misinformation or whether family or what have you has created in you, we break it down, we make you see things and we give you genuine, informed, relatable information about uh, African spirituality. The Fabrice Podcast is on Apple Podcasts, it's on Spotify, it's on Google Podcasts, it's on all platforms. Just go there and type the Fabric Podcast. And we have different, different episodes. We've talked about Oshuna Feminism. We've talked about Ogun, the coalition with technology. We've talked about Ori. We've talked about Ifa. We've, we've talked about so many things. We've talked about Eshu. And we, the way we do the podcast is fascinating. We try as much as possible to inculcate a live programming to it where people can be able to ask questions and you know, make it much more interactive. I just, I, don't, I just do not want it to be Olu just talking. So we, we've done that and... We, we are growing, we are doing more better. And with that, I've had a lot of testimonies. A lot of people have you know, reached out to me via mails from different walks of life to say, come, Oluwo, this podcast, I've been open to open my ears, my eyes, and my body to information that I do not even know existed. Awesome, awesome. And as we come to a close, I'm sure that there are people who are looking to know more about um, African spirituality and African religion. What advice do you have for them? Well, um... Most importantly is to know oneself. And you cannot know yourself through the prism of another man's lens. So you need to look yourself in your own mirror. And then it is through your mirror that you'll be able to see yourself clearly, be able to see your weaknesses, know your strength, and then know how to capitalize on that. So my advice is for them to listen to the podcast. If you listen to the podcast, you would determine whether you should be convinced or whether you should find yourself, whether you should find more information about yourself. But then you cannot decide that you cannot agree that every information that has been fed to you from birth is real, is genuine, and is factual. You need to challenge, especially from 18 years of age, you need to begin to challenge the information that you've been received. How truthful are they? Because even your, even our parents might be giving us information that are not right. They don't even know it is not right, and they believe it. They've been fed by it. Maybe society pushed the information upon them. Maybe their community or religion or work placed those information upon them. We need to break out of forceful information that have been embedded upon us for wolf for over time. We need to ask questions. We need to begin to uh, checkmate the information that we have fact checked them. Uh, we need to we need to start using Peter Obit that is go and verify. We need to start verifying all of the information that we are whether it is true or whether it is not true. Uh, the information that we received. We need to know because to know is to be free. A boru a boy. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it, Luo. Now, if people want to find out more about you and the work that you do, how can they do that? Yeah, they can reach out to me on social media. Um, my personal Twitter handle is mk mku underscore olawole at mku underscore olawole. Uh, you can also reach out to the brand. Basically, if you want to get more information about the brand, is at underscore the ifa priest on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, on Facebook, my name is Oluwo Olawole Olakunle. On Instagram, it is at MK underscore Olawole. And you can also use to reach out at www.fapris.com. Because if you're looking at a number to call, it is um, you can reach out to my assistant. I don't, uh, you obviously have to reach out to my assistant first. Uh, she's a female, so her name is Bimi Sola. You can reach out to her on 090 
to on WhatsApp, on chat to see how you can reach out to me. Okay. Oluwo, thank you so much for your time and look forward to calling you Araba. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Arab already. So. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I mean, like you said, you said that, you so know, the glamour, yeah, the, the glamour, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you to Oluwo Olawole Olakunle. Don't forget to check out his podcast, the Ifa Priest Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. It is most appreciated and will allow us get discovered by more people. Thank you so much in advance. This episode is edited and produced by Fola Shade Anousie. Our theme song is by John Akinola. Finally, you can check us out on social media. We are live at Dotted Bridges Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>